you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Come on, lift your hands and exalt Him today. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 13. If you have your Bibles tonight, Genesis chapter 13, I link my remarks with those who have already spoken to our guests tonight. Thank you so much for being here. Particularly want to say to Caitlin how special it is for you to be here tonight. It's good to have you in Lebanon and here with us. We love you very much. We're so glad that you're here. Genesis chapter 13, and I'm going to read four verses, beginning with verse number 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. In other words, just look all around you. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it. And to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that, that if any man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. I believe, I don't want to get to the point where we throw ideas around so much and it becomes so commonplace that people feel like, oh, well, this is just another one of those messages. But I, I, I want to speak to you tonight and I want to help somebody. We may not run the aisles and swing off the, well, we don't have chandeliers to swing off of. You may or may not respond with joy tonight, but I want to help somebody that really needs a miracle in their life. Is there anybody in the house tonight? I, surely in a surely in a congregation this size on a Sunday night, there's somebody that came that would say, Pastor, I, I need a miracle in my life. His hands raised all over the building. I have my hand lifted tonight. I need, I need a miracle in my life. Now I want you, I, I want you, I want you to receive tonight what I feel the Lord has directed me to say. 
I'm going to try to give you a recipe tonight or a process tonight to get to your miracle. For lack of a better title, I'll just call it the process to your miracle. The process to your miracle. Lord, I need your help tonight. Your people need your help tonight through your word. I need the unction of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost to speak and move tonight. God, folks in this house that have come tonight, Lord, with a miracle in their life, I'm going to believe tonight that you're going to do it. All things are possible, and we declare it and claim it in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Before I get before I get into what I'm going to preach tonight, I, I've tried twice to tell Brother Brandon what happened the other night. And I haven't been able to, just haven't made a connection yet. So I don't know, is he, did he step out? See here, there he is, there he is. I just, I want to, I felt I needed to say this to you, and I was going to tell you this privately, so we're just going to do it in front of the whole congregation tonight. Um, Because I I want you to know what the Lord did last Friday night uh, in Chicago. We, were, we came forward for prayer, and I've got to catch everybody else up to speed because you know you were there, so I, I've got to tell the story a little bit so that they, they understand because I want to increase somebody's faith tonight. But the Lord, the Lord performed a miracle in my life Friday night. And, and I want to increase Brother Brandon's faith tonight because the Lord did it at the point that Brother Brandon had come and prayed for me in the altar. Now, the atmosphere was charged, and here's what I want you to understand, that it wasn't necessarily, it, 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 it's not, uh, Brother Stone King preached, Brother Stone King didn't come lay hands on me for me to receive a miracle. As a matter of fact, he said he wasn't going to lay hands on anyone, that what he was going to do is he was just going to speak a word, he was going to pray. And so, and that's kind of what had transpired, and we began to pray. And uh, Brother Brandon, I have no idea, and I was going to ask you what you came to pray for me about. I, I have no idea. I couldn't hear you because the room was so loud uh, with people praying that I couldn't hear you. don't know what you came to pray for me about, but Brother Brandon took me by both hands, and we just stood there in the altar. I was standing right up against the platform, and he came and took me by the hand, and I had a speaker right there, you know, so I mean, I'm, I'm right there getting blasted, and um, he came took me by the hand, so I couldn't hear what he was saying, and I didn't have any pain in my body. And so my first thought was, is he was going to pray over his pastor and just pray the blessing of the Lord, pray the gift of faith. I don't know what he was praying over because I couldn't hear. But when he began to pray, I've been prayed for in my back many times. And I've claimed healing many times. And I do believe that healing is a process. That God can do it instantly or he can do it through the process of time. And I testified to you, I went four weeks without any pain whatsoever. And I went and lifted a door, turned to the left, while I had about a 150-pound door in my hand. And uh, it didn't work out too well. It was foolishness on my part, not on God's. And so I've been being very easy, taking it very easy. But... Um, I believe that God had began a healing work and 
the pain is the symptom, of course, that you're aware of. And I was believing that God was, was healing. He's in the process of completely healing and restoring my back. But I understand that there's some things I have to do to take care of that. And so I was walking through that. But in all the times that I've been prayed for, I never had happened to me what happened to me Friday night, Brother Brandon, when you came, took me by the hands and began to pray. Now, I don't know what you were praying over. If you were praying for my back, praying over my spirit, praying over my finances, praying over my face, I don't know. But as you began to pray, I felt a sensation in the very low part of my spine, which is where the doctors say that there's damage. And because of degenerative disease, they say that I'm getting shorter, so my, my spine is compressing. And sometimes the pain that I do deal with, I feel like that I, I tell my wife oftentimes, would you just grab my feet and just pull my feet as hard as you can to try to extend my spine. It's the feelings, the sensations that I deal with. Brother Brandon took me by the hand and began to pray. Brother Brandon, while you, you began to pray, I felt, I wasn't even thinking about my back because I wasn't in any pain. So pain didn't leave. But I felt a sensation in my, in my lower spine. And it was an odd, tingling sensation with absolutely no pain. As a matter of fact, at first, it felt like that there was a charge of, of fluid into my spinal area. And when I felt it, the first thing I did was kind of straightened up because I was waiting for pain to follow. But instead of pain following, it felt as if my spine just started stretching. Now, whether I was any taller or not, I have no idea. But I felt like that I felt my whole self just expand. And with that, there was a tingling that came all the way up my spine. No pain. No pain before, no pain after. I, I was in shock for a minute. And... Since then, I have continued to be very ginger and very walk very careful and very, but I have not had any pain. Zero. Zero. Now, I just want to tell somebody tonight that I drove to Chicago for a prayer conference. And our youth pastor comes and lays hands on his pastor and just prays for me. And I don't even know if he was praying over my back. But God said, I'm just going to show you something. No matter who you are and no matter who's laying hands on you and what moment or what they may be praying for, when I want to do a work in your life, I will do it. Now, I'm not trying to be sensational tonight and get you charged up and pumped up, but I do want you to know that a miracle can happen in your life tonight, and the miracle that you came to pray for may not be the miracle that God gives you. It may be something that you believed God for 20 years ago. The first step in the process of your miracle is that you need a word from the Lord. 
Now, when I throw this around that you need a word from the Lord, we can look at this from many from many perspectives, but I'm going to go to a very common scripture in John chapter 1 and verse number 1 that we like to use in our oneness theology that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. That word, Word, comes from a Greek word that means logos, which made very plain in the English language, means plan. Look at your neighbor and tell him God has a plan. If you ever receive a word from God, I'm going to teach you a little bit tonight, and then we're going to respond. But if you ever receive a word from God, if God ever tells you, I'm going to save your family, If God ever tells you, I'm going to heal your body. If God ever gives you a word, that word, although you don't know what it is, that word will always come with a plan. Because God will never give you a word that he does not come with a plan already in place. The preparation of God before the beginning of time was so very significant. And as I read through the scripture and ponder the meaning of it, sometimes it's quite simple. But sometimes there is a moment that seems so profound that occurs to me. It occurs to me that before the Lord spoke, He already had a plan in place. Watch this now. In the beginning, everybody say in the beginning. In the beginning was the plan. So in other words, before he ever said, let there be light, that would be called the beginning. But in the beginning, before time ever started, in the beginning, the plan already existed. Much like an architect who would draw a detailed plan before they would ever, before they would ever begin the process of a building. Much like the architect would draw the detailed plan before a shovel of dirt is ever turned over, before the they come in and do a survey and map out where the foundation is going before the grade level is ever set, before the cornerstone of the building and structure is ever set. The architect begins with a plan. And you can jump ahead before the cornerstone is ever laid and the architect can answer a question about how he has in mind for the finished product to look. When God began with the foundation of the earth, He already had a plan in place. When He spoke, 
in generalities and spoke and said there will be fowls in the air and fish in the sea. The great divine architect had already decided that some of the fish would have scales and some would have skin. Are you with me tonight? The architect, see he spoke in generalities. When we read the word, all we see is the generality of the word. But he already had a plan in place. And he knew that there would be differences. Where's my evolutionist tonight? Because I'm about to declare to you that before he ever spoke, the divine architect already figured out that some birds would have long necks and some short necks. And some would be gray and red and yellow. And, 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 and some would look one way and look another. And some would nest in shrubs and some in trees. Some would swim in water and some would soar high in the sky. Because the divine architect already had a plan in place. Before he ever said, let there be light. Before he ever said, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Each star and its position in the galaxies was already in place. Every plant, the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of plant species that grow, the architect had already figured out, I'm going to need this one because when this one dies, another one will come into place. I want you to understand that what God did before the beginning, could it be before the beginning that God was already in the process of a plan. Could he have been thinking about what he was going to create? Was he thinking about what he was going to speak life into before he ever said, let there be? The worms and the weevils, the beetles and the birds and the beasts he saw living and flying and fulfilling specific purposes. Before he ever spoke the word, there was a concept in mind and he was formulating a plan before he ever spoke the word. What does this have to do with you and me before God ever gives you a word? Before he ever sends a man of God to you. Before a prophet ever speaks a prophetic word into your life and says God will. And before you ever receive a word from God or before he ever spoke to you at a time of prayer. If God truly spoke to you there was a plan already in place before the word ever got to your spirit. And... When he speaks it, it's not built around your time. God said, let there be, and there was. By the time he had finished speaking, not only had he created immediate carnation, 
but inside each and every act of his creation was a seed. And that seed was intended to reproduce itself. You're going to like what I'm about to tell you. When God gives you a miraculous word, when he speaks to you about a miracle, there was a plan already in place. But hear me. When he speaks it and it's fulfilled in your life, it is not intended to end there. Because in the cre- oh my, because in the creative will of God, in the creative mind of God, He said to the plant, "Exist," but He put a seed in it to reproduce itself for years and years and years and years. When He speaks a word into your life, it does not end there. But in the creative will of God, he puts a word in your spirit and he says it's going to produce and reproduce and reproduce and reproduce and reproduce. God is wanting you to hear tonight is that when he gave you a word he already had a plan and the plan that he already had has the potential to reproduce itself but you have got to submit to the plan because if you change the plan everything else will be changed you have to stay with a plan that God has already laid out if he could plan it all and give it all life with a word if the breath of God can speak and breathe a reproductive breath that will cause you to breathe the breath of life and our very existence has meaning God saw the day that you would live and he knew everything that it was going to take for you to exist For you to succeed and for you to flourish. And he put everything that is needed for his plan within your reach. Listen. If you go high on the mountain and you get up above the tree line. And you begin to dig in the earth. There's something you're going to find. Dirt. And rocks. But he doesn't put a plant. That he intended to grow. And reproduce. In the valley. Or in the swamp. On top of a mountain. And tell it reproduce yourself. But he puts the plant that belongs, he puts the willow that, that, that belongs in the wet climate. In the wet climate. And man can go and uproot it and dig it out of its wet climate and take it to a dry and arid region. But there's something you got to know. It will not flourish and it will not reproduce. I got a word for so when God spoke a word and planted you 
you better put down some roots where he planted you because he has an intention to reproduce in you. Well, if I was somewhere else, you wouldn't reproduce if you were somewhere else. He planted you where he wants to produce and reproduce through you. If God put so much thought into the plan of creation, why do we think that our plan is bigger and better than God's plan? Our uncertainties about what we're supposed to be doing and our uncertainties are nothing but hindrances that are mainly brought on by the devil and the lack of faith. And more likely, it's the lack of faith rather than the devil. We just blame the devil for our lack of faith. So, the first thing you need is a word. i, I got to move or I'm going to be here a while. i got to stay with my text a little bit tonight. The miracle that God wants to give you, first off, you... You've got to have a word. Because with the word comes a plan. And the plan will reproduce. The second thing you've got to know is that you have to see your miracle before you will ever experience your miracle. You will never receive what you first can, can what, what you first do not see. Because doubt will prevent you from believing what God is going to do. But when you open your mind and your spiritual eyes, and begin to see by faith the things which are impossible with man are possible with God. I wish I had a preaching church tonight. The things, I wish somebody would say it with me tonight. The things which are possible, the things which are impossible with man are possible with God. My point is that you think that it's impossible because it's impossible with you. But the pathway to the miraculous, the recipe to the miraculous, the process to the miraculous is understanding that when God gives you a word, You've got to begin to see that word through eyes of faith. I don't see how I'm going to get there. It's God's plan and God's going to figure out how I'm going to get there. But I've got to see it through eyes of faith. Because you will never be able to experience until you're first able to see it. And you will only see what your heart is prepared to see. Mm -hmm. 
when you prepare your heart to see it, you will then position yourself to be able to see it. The church has to have right perspective if the church is going to see the miraculous. If every time God wants to perform a miracle in our life, all we do is start hearing doubt, seeing doubt, seeing unbelief. No way it's going to happen. No way it's going to be impossible. When we begin to speak impossibilities, that's what we're going to see is impossibilities. But you're going to have to begin to see it by faith and declare it by faith. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. It's going to come to pass. I see it by through faith. How's it going to happen, Pastor? You're just a dreamer. You're just believing. How's my family going to be saved? I don't know. They're a long ways away from God. They wandered away. I don't know. I don't understand how it's going to, but I see it. I see them on the pew with me. I see them in the altar with me. I see them saved. I see them serving God. I see them involved in the work of ministry. I see them faithful to God. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. Well, I guess my life's over. I'm down in my back. I'm down in my knees. I'm down in my heart. I'm just down. I don't see any way possible. Brother Brandon came. Hmm. Took me by the hand and prayed and God did a work. Wow. I was rejoicing. I was up in the front. People were praying. A lady, I'd, she had prayed the night before. I didn't know who she was. I later found out her name is Sister Banks. All I know about her is Sister, Jama Sister Banks is a Jamaican lady. She is the New York Metro Prayer Coordinator. I found that out by somebody else. I don't know what she's doing in Chicago. She must be connected through the World Network of Prayer, and that's why she was there. But Friday night, I understood why she was there. She's never met me. She never laid eyes on me. She didn't know who I was. Before service, she came over to Dylan. She had a prayer cloth in her hand. She said, here, wrap this around you right here. She takes that thing. She's an elderly lady, so don't get any ideas here. She takes that thing, a prayer shawl. She wraps it around Dylan right here in the midsection. It's hanging down to about, about here. Looked kind of silly. He was embarrassed. <laughs> she said, wear this during service. God's going to take all residual pain away. It's going to be gone. By the time the preaching's over. No idea. No clue. And he did. So I walked. I was up front. She was praying. I don't know who else she was praying with there. She had prayed for several people. She prayed for Spencer. She prayed for different people. I was down in the front. I was standing about 15, 20 feet away. Right up on the front pew. And... Uh, I was over, I walked over to my friend, Pastor Brent Broson was there. I walked over to him, and uh, I was already moving into, you know, carnal, where we're going to eat. <laughs> That's important in an apostolic meeting. <laughs> where are we going to eat? And he said, I don't know where, where, where you want to go. And we're talking about Cheesecake Factory. And I said, man, I don't know who that lady is right over there. As praying for Spencer, but I'm going to tell you something. She walked up to Dylan, and I started to, to cry. As I'm telling him, I said, she wrapped a prayer shawl around him, and I thought, what in the world? We don't need that thing. He's looking goofy. 
thousand people in here. Here he is. I said, he came over and I said, kind of looked at him funny. He said, I think I'm going to take this off. I said, don't you take that off. I heard that lady pray last night. You know, he's, okay. I'm standing for you. You're going to look goofy with, hey, that's my dad. So I'm telling Brother Brosom what had transpired. And he said, hey, 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 she's trying to get your attention. And I turned and looked, and she looked at me, and she said, <laughs> I walked over there. I said, yes, ma'am. And she had a prayer shawl. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> she, she threw that thing up about my throat, right up about here. And she wrapped that thing. I felt her hands. She threw that thing around my shoulders and kind of draped over here. She said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I block what the devil is trying to use to take him out and take his life. I thought, okay, I'm good with that. She said, I rebuke what for three generations has plagued his family. Now I'm like, hmm. what now, Lord? She said, it is on, it is the heart. It is the top of the heart. Remember about a year and four months ago when I fell in my bathroom and my heart didn't beat for about seven minutes and they took me in. Mm -hmm, Y'all remember that story? They came back and said, it is a vasovagal episode and they explained to me the vagal nerve sits on the top of the heart and it controls the rhythm of the heart my brother just had an episode last week my father has been plagued with it and his father died from it at a very young age three generations she said this thing which is hereditary, will not be passed on to his children. That was about all I needed. So, <laughs> so this is why God has to do this for me. You can be seated. This is why God has to do this to me because I am so full of doubt and unbelief that God sometimes has to prove things to me that I really do have this. And I'll send somebody that don't know you to not just say some generality things. I rebuke the spirit of fear, doubt, worry. Speaks on the top of the heart, three generations, hereditary, Okay, God, you got my attention now. And then, of course, oh, doubting Philip said, my wife has talked to her. 
And I'm crying. I'm going, I'll find out in a minute. (laughs) But I hadn't told Sister Banks or my wife or any of my kids nor anybody else that I had been dealing with extreme pain in my knees. Nobody. Never shared it with my wife. And so I'm up there weeping, carrying on. And I'm about done. And she had kind of backed off from praying. And I'm thinking it's over. And I'm going, I can't wait till it's over. So I asked my wife if she had shared any of this with her. And she rips that prayer cloth off of me. And she took that prayer cloth and she smote both of my knees. And she says, and while you're at it, God, the knee pain will be gone. I haven't had a knee pain since that moment. That kind of power resides in this house tonight. And it is through faith. Sister Banks doesn't have to be here. And the Lord proved that because he said, I'll send you all the way to Chicago to increase your faith that anything is possible. But if you want to see it happen, you've got to see it through eyes of faith. Negative, I got to finish this recipe. Negative and faithless words are only going to produce a negative and faithless heart. Fault finding, criticizing, being negative. I don't really care who would want to come and try to tell me that Sister Banks was not of God. When a man's heart's faithless, his vision will be faithless. But if you can see it through eyes of faith, whatever, if I could cause somebody tonight to begin to really see what God has, the word that God has put in your spirit. Maybe God spoke something to you 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 5 years ago or last week. But if God spoke a word and put a word in your spirit, if you would begin to see it through eyes of faith and you would begin to believe God for it. I want you to know that God is able to do it, but you've got to see it through eyes of faith. You've got to rebuke doubt, fear, unbelief. And then, and then I, I, gotta, I gotta wrap this up because you'll be done before me if I don't. About verse 14 of our text, the Lord said to Abraham, He said, Lift up thine eyes. Everything's wrong. Everything's bad. Back hurts. Knees hurt. Head hurts. Lift up your eyes. Because the only way that you're going to ever experience the fulfillment of the miracle in your life is you've got to raise your faith above the doubt that is around you. Lift up your eyes, Abraham, and see from where 
It isn't my words, it's the Lord's words. Lift up your eyes and see from where you are. Pastor, you don't know how down I am. The only thing preventing your miracle is a word from God. You to begin to see it. But the part of the recipe that you need to really get tonight is understanding that you don't have to wait until the next revival to see it. You don't have to wait for the next prophet to come by and speak it again. Begin to see it from where you are. You want a miracle to happen in your life tonight? Start seeing it from where you are. Man, I am under a financial load. Start seeing it from where you are. You start believing God from right where you are. Lift up your head, O ye gates. Lift up your everlasting doors and the King of glory shall come in. Somebody in the house tonight needs to begin to elevate your faith and start looking above your pain, above your financial loss, above your heartache, above your trouble, above your trial and begin to declare in the name of the Lord, I see it, I will see it, it will come to pass, it will come to pass. You want to know why your worship right now is so important? Because when you begin to worship above your feelings and worship above your pain and above your circumstances, you declare, I will magnify the Lord. You'll begin to see it above everything that's going wrong. You'll start seeing it from where you are. If we're going to have the revival that God wants to send to us, we're going to have to start seeing it from where we are. We don't have to wait for the next thing. We got we to gotta start seeing it from right where we are. In verse 15, the Lord said, For all the land that thou seest, all that thou seest to thee will I give it. The limiting factor to the size of your miracle is your vision and ability to be able to see it. You don't know why that I haven't the first time come to Spencer and said, now Spencer, this 3,000 soul revival that God gave you a vision for in Lebanon, <laughs> that 3,000 soul revival, Spence, let's get realistic now. Start seeing it from right where you are. That building only seats about 150 on Meridian Street. There's a 3,000 soul revival that's coming. It's gonna. I'm seeing it from right where I'm at. I'm not waiting for the mega church to open up and we get the finances to move in. We're going to start seeing it from right where we are. My kids are lost. I'm seeing them saved from right where they are. My bank account's empty. I see it from right where I am. I'm closing. My sister, my sister called me two weeks ago. And she said they have found what they thought perhaps maybe cancer. We're gonna, they're going to do some tests. And I said, we're going to pray and believe God. And we're going to believe for a good report. The report came back not good. The doctor came back and said, it appears to be cancer. We're going to run some tests. And 
We're going to see what type cancer it is. They ran the test. I said, well, we're going to believe God while they're running the test. We're going to believe that this cancer's it's not going to be what the doctor thinks. And we're just, we're believing God. So her faith was strong. So we, we had the faith. She called me back. She said, well, they, the reports have come back in. And it is cancer. And it is a very aggressive form of cancer. I said, well, we're going to believe God. We're going to believe. We're going to believe that it's isolated to this one location. And that they're going to be able to handle it. It's not going to be any problem. She called me back Friday, Thursday, Friday. They had ran the first test. They came back. They said, well, unfortunately, the cancer has already spread. And it's in the lymph nodes. And um, you're going to have to go see an oncologist. We're going to see where it goes from here. I don't know when that I have ever felt such bold because I have not the first time seen that the end. I don't understand the why. That's for God. I don't know the how. That's for God. But with faith, I see every cancer cell dried up. I see complete recovery. I spoke it to her on the phone. I was on my way to Lafayette. I spoke it to her on the phone. And she said, absolutely. She said, I'm just waiting to get the report back when God does this final work. I've got the faith. I'm believing. I'm standing on it. I want you to know something. If you can believe God with that kind of faith when the reports keep coming in bad and getting worse. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight. I may not be speaking to a cancer patient. I may be speaking to someone that's been praying and believing for something completely different. But I declare in the name of the Lord tonight that I have given you a recipe and God will not fail us. Here's the last step. You know, when you, when you read the recipe and at the end it says, chill for two hours and serve with a cool glass of Coke and we'll feed eight people. The last part of the recipe that God gave to Abraham about the miracle of the land. He said, arise and walk through the land. And all, everywhere that your feet shall tread, that will I give to you. The last step, your part in this process for the miraculous is you have to start walking through the land. You know what that means? You got to start living like and acting like and talking like and walking like this already belongs to me. Oh, I felt a little pain. The devil is a liar. I'm walking through the land of healing. Well, I thought my kids were going to be saved and they ran off and went to the bar again. The devil is a liar. They're coming out of the bar. 
I see them saved. I see them on the seat next to me. I see the miracle happen, and I'm going to start walking through the land and living like it has already come to pass. I've got enough faith in the house. There's enough faith in this house right now. If you have a need in your body, a physical need in your body, and you need healing tonight, I want you to step out from where you are. Don't come down in the mully grubs. I want you to come walking in faith. We're going to lay hands on you and anoint you with oil tonight, and the prayer of faith is going to save the sick, and the Lord is going to raise you up. Come on, come quickly. I want our ministers to prepare and be ready. We're going to pray tonight. The oil is here, and it's ready. We're going to lay hands on everybody tonight that has a need. Here's one coming forward. Don't. No doubt. No doubt. Go ahead. Begin to pray right now. If you're in the house and you have a need, come press your way forward. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I see it through eyes of faith. I see it through eyes of faith. I see it through eyes of faith. Come on, I'm going to walk through the land. I'm walking through the land. I'm walking through the land. I'm walking through the land.
your faith out right now. Begin to see it through eyes of faith. Begin to walk through the land. I got to get up. I've got to arise and walk through.